When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, check it out, guys. Uh, I'm only doing YouTube today. I shared it, shared it on Locals as well, but we're just gonna stream to YouTube. I don't wanna deal with all the Facebook click, clack, click crazy right now. And it's Sunday, so let's just shoot the breeze, man. I did an Instagram live this morning from my backyard that was off the rails. And I feel like I need to do something a little calmer and even more off the rails, like now. So let's talk. Midnight Baker's here, Melissa Big Mac's here, the whole crew's acting up. In order to leave a comment in the live chat, you need to subscribe to my channel. That's free. Just click the subscription button on YouTube and click the little notification bell to get notifications. It's my way of getting you to join. All right, check it out. It seems like masks are back. What? So this, this was upsetting to me because it doesn't appear to me that this is science-based medicine at all or public health. So in LA, they were doing this now in the Bay Area, the public health authorities are recommending strongly that people wear masks, whether they're vaccinated or not indoors due to, guess what? Say it with me, the Delta variant. Okay, here's what I think of that. People who are, okay, if you want people not to get vaccinated, tell them they need to continue wearing masks because other dumbasses who didn't get vaccinated aren't wearing masks. The truth is your risk of getting Delta variant if you're vaccinated, it's not zero, it does happen. Often it's asymptomatic because the vaccine reduces your chances of getting severely ill, hospitalized or dying. If you're over 65, then your risks are higher. If you have comorbidities, your risks are higher. Then maybe you should wear a mask. Everybody else, we ought to be getting back to normal if you're vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, it's on you. You do what you want. You wanna pretend you're vaccinated and go into public places and you know run the risk of getting or giving Delta. That's on, that's you. People who are vaccinated can make the decision, well, mm, if I'm not high risk, I'm not gonna die of it. I'm gonna get on with my life. But when the public health authorities say, you have to wear a mask indoors now, whether you're vaccinated or not, it takes away that, First of all, the, the perceived freedom, having gotten the vaccine, it removes an incentive to get vaccinated. I'm telling you right now, the way out of this thing is just a bunch of people get vaccinated. The vaccines seem to work pretty damn good. They're not perfect, right? And we're gonna talk about vaccine breakthrough because I think that's important too. Let's look at some comments. Mask it or casket. See, Robert, I don't agree with that. That's that. First of all, it's black or white thinking. I'm not picking on you but I'm picking on this idea. I'd love to see good data that says that vaccinated people 
have a significantly incremental benefit of not dying or getting hospitalized or long COVID or whatever by wearing masks in a mandate. Now, am I ever gonna see that data? No, because no one's gonna do that trial. So instead there's this like abundance of I don't know what, and all it's gonna do is piss people off, except for people who love to wear masks anyways, in which case they're gonna wear masks anyways. So I don't understand, there's a lot I don't understand. <laughs> I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, right? Was that the, I'm not the sharpest supernova in the galaxy, all right? But what I do know is there's a little bit I know about human nature and this is not, this is not gonna help increase vaccination rates. If you really wanted to make vaccination rates 95 to 98%, you make them, you make the vaccines mandatory. Should we do that? Oh no, because that's crazy, right? Can employers do that? They can. Is it a good idea? Hmm. Again, if you want to generate considerable backlash, you can do that. And these vaccines are not FDA approved yet, although that's like more of a formality, but it is a real thing in that we're under emergency use authorization. How can you mandate a vaccine that's under emergency use? Plus, I actually believe that people should be given choices to, in regards of what to do with their body if they're not gonna hurt a bunch of other people. And the truth is, if you're vaccinated and you're not, and you're both reasonably low risk, this person getting infected who decided not to get the vaccine is probably not gonna hurt you or your family, most likely. Now, if you're of high risk, you can continue to distance, wear masks. We should all be washing hands. Can we treat people like adults? Like, I think they can make these decisions. Yeah, there's tons of misinformation. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's because we have social media that's just uh, incentivized to spread nonsense. So what are you gonna do? You can't really regulate it away. You can't censor it because look what happens when you censor it. It just gets super powered. Doesn't work. You don't wanna censor real discourse. Who's gonna make those decisions? Ha, huh, not me. I'm uncomfortable making decisions on who gets censored online. How the hell is YouTube and Facebook comfortable making those decisions, right? No, we need to have discourse. But the truth is, um, let, let educate as much as you can, let people make decisions. When you have bad messaging, like, hey, remember what we said about masks that you don't need to wear them if you're vaccinated, which was a great move because it gets people to get vaccinated. Well, we yeah, forget it because other people aren't vaccinated and now there's this thing called Delta. So by the way, the pandemic's never gonna end because there's always gonna be an Omega or a Zeta or whatever the hell, it's never gonna end. So already there's that. So people are already like, well then what the hell, right? People are tired, we were tired of this shit before. So can we just be honest that we're tired of it? Let us make our own decisions on masks. Let us make the decision on vaccine. My personal feeling is, and my professional advice is, anyone who can be vaccinated should be vaccinated. Get enough people vaccinated, less replication, less generation of variants, less of the press to talk about. And right now, I think I agree, I never thought I'd say this, but I agree with Rochelle Walensky from CDC when she says, this is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. 99% of people in America who are dying or hospitalized with this thing have not been vaccinated. So this whole idea that maybe the vaccines don't work, no, that's wrong. They work, they work pretty damn good. They're actually astoundingly effective. They're not perfect, no way, nothing is, and they are no exception. So that leads us to, okay, this pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah, I think that's right. 
That's why I'm like, well, why do we need mandates then? If it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, they made a decision based on whatever information they had. Maybe it's on the public health officials to do better outreach. I've tried my best, try to be non-judgmental and non-shamey about it because I don't care. I, meaning I don't care ultimately what you make your choice. I can't shame you for the choice you make because I would only wanna shame you if your choice directly hurt me, in which case I would employ the very non-effective technique of shame to try to get you to not harm my family. But I don't see that, honestly. I don't see that. The only person you'll harm is yourself if you make the decision that isn't right for you. So there it is. What, it, it, let's behave like Americans. I'll, I'm never gonna say that. Let's behave like adults and allow a little bit of freedom of choice here and put on your big boy panties, pull them up or big girl panties, hoist them up to like up to here, by the way, if you haven't seen Schmigadoon, you might get a kick out of it. And on Apple TV, <laughs> no, they're not paying me. I just saw it the other day and was like, what? Peel um, or Key, one of the guys. Anyways, long story short, let people make their decisions. Now, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Mm, uh, yeah, Delta is gonna spread because it's very contagious. And yeah, people will get hospitalized. Will we overwhelm hospitals? I don't know. I don't think so, unless they really under start understaffing again. So the disease itself, on average, has a 0.3% fatality rate across the spectrum, including asymptomatic cases and all of that, right? Case fatality rate, people who are actually admitted, that's higher, but it's better than it was in the early pandemic. So why are we still talking about this? Like what? We have solutions in the form of vaccines. People can make their choice and let's move on, right? Am I wrong? I'm probably wrong. All right, let's read some comments. People unvaccinated pretty much are saying they don't care and think this is a political joke. Gene uh, Nezadowski, fine, think that. It shouldn't bother someone like me who doesn't think it's a joke but also thinks we've overblown our response to it and also thinks our response to the pandemic has harmed probably more people than the pandemic would have, maybe, although that math is difficult to prove. So maybe that's more an emotional bias than a actual provable fact because 600,000 Americans have died, just Americans. And so I don't care whether you think it's a political farce, whether it's a tribal badge of identity for you because once me and my family are vaccinated, which we are, except for my youngest who can't be vaccinated, but I'm also not worried about her because she doesn't have comorbidities. She's not gonna die of COVID any more than she would die of RSV or flu. So I don't care about that. Like make your decision. I'm not mad at you. I disagree that if I were molecule for molecule you, I'd make a different decision, but that's why I'm me and not you. So whatever. Right, I that that people are still talking about this is insane. Jamie Vance, what up? Taint bleaching funds. Thank you for the five dollars to bleach my taint. I think that's very helpful. Henry Volta sent me five bucks too on YouTube. Thank you. Um, we're only live on YouTube today. If you want to leave a comment in the live chat, you just have to hit that subscribe button. That's free. Just subscribe to me on YouTube because I wanted to keep the comment stream subscribers so that a ton of anti-vaxxers don't just show up and start leaving feces until after the show um, is live. The 99% figure is misleading. The number uh, is for all patients that have been admitted, 
since the start of the pandemic. Uh, is that true, Jay Heller? Are we talking about that? Because right, so currently the vast majority, and let's say it's not 99%, but the vast majority of people who are admitted or sick or dying are unvaccinated people. Now, here's, here's, here's why vaccine breakthrough, which is something I wanna talk about. Vaccine breakthrough is when we say, oh, the, the guy failed the vaccine. You know, well, what does that mean? It really depends on how you define breakthrough, doesn't it? So um, you, let me see how I can easily discuss this. So you get the vaccine, you get two doses. Let's say mRNA vaccine. Let's say Moderna. I'm team Moderna. All right. Get the second vaccine, two weeks out, technically should be immune as much as I'm going to be within the parameters of the efficacy of the of vaccine. All right. Let's say a month goes by, two months go by, three months go by. I get exposed to some Delta variant spewing anti-vaxxer who wears their, you know, whatever political badge they want on their vest and is like coughing everywhere and whatever. So I get a load of virus in my face at some party that I decide to go to or at a restaurant or at a store where we're not wearing masks. <clears throat> so I get a certain inoculum that's not really attenuated by wearing a mask, whatever. That virus is gonna replicate in my nasopharynx. It's gonna start replicating. I might have some symptoms. Sore throat, runny nose, little low-grade achiness from my immune system and the virus replicating, responding now because it's gonna go, oh, wait, what's this? I've seen this before. Mm, time to clone up, spin up the clone army of memory cells. B cells, a T cell response. There's also an innate response in addition to that adaptive response. Spin it up, get the thing under control before it goes apeshit. Well, during that time, I'm gonna test positive for coronavirus because it's replicating. How infective am I? Probably not very because the viral loads, the total counts are gonna be low, but those PCR tests we use are highly sensitive. If you were just to screen me, you might catch it, even if I have no symptoms, right? That's called a breakthrough case. That's a vaccine failure in the press. Is it a vaccine failure in real life? Hell no, I'm not hospitalized, I've got a cold. I'm probably not that contagious, although we don't know for sure, but probably not. And if I am, other vaccinated people are gonna get that same kind of generally mild illness, most likely. And unvaccinated people can fuck off because they're not vaccinated. I'm not talking about kids because they can't be vaccinated and honestly, they're generally low risk, right? So that's a breakthrough case. Now, given that the trial showed 90% efficacy and a little higher for severe disease and death, which is what we care about, there are gonna be people who fail even on that count. 75% of the people who've gotten infected while vaccinated and have died or have gotten very sick are over the age of 65. So like the rest of the disease, it preferentially targets older people. And I imagine people with comorbidities. So those people should probably still remain cautious if they worry about this stuff. Put a mask on then maybe, lower your viral inoculum, maybe. Although again, the data's sketchy, but precautionary principle, it's not gonna hurt a 65 year old to throw a mask on if they're nervous, fine, don't mandate it. So then the idea that you can show up and die still while being vaccinated. Yeah, of course, nothing's perfect, right? The more 
circulating virus there is in the community, the more likely that is to happen, which is probably why the public health authority said, let's put masks back on. But why do we need to do that for everybody? Just educate people. Look, vaccines aren't perfect. Wear a mask if you're nervous or you're high risk or you're old. My parents still wear masks. They're both, when they go out and they have to go to like the store or something because they're elderly in their late 70s and 80s, even though they've gotten two shots, Moderna, they're elderly. My mom corrected me. I thought they got Pfizer. She got, they got Moderna. Um, and they're doctors, so they've done the risk math. And they said, yeah, I don't even want to get mildly ill with this. And I don't want to risk a vaccine failure. So I'll wear a mask. It doesn't bother them. They're doctors. They're used to masks. So, except my mom's a psychiatrist, so I'm not sure how used to masks, except for crazy mask. I don't know what that meant. Um, don't want to stigmatize mental illness. So that's how we ought to do it. Like, yeah, there's going to be breakthrough. Well, why, why are we freaking out about that? As many people as can get vaccinated should get vaccinated, in my humble opinion. And let's move on. Let's do the next thing, right? Whatever that is. Um, comment time. Let's see. Monkeypox, Judy Varley. I don't care about monkeypox. I saw that in the news. I was like, next. Next pandemic, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> Demler Tube sent some five bucks. Are there good reasons to think that the US COVID-19 death toll of 610,000 is inaccurate in either direction? Oh, I'm sure it's inaccurate. I just don't know which direction it's inaccurate in. Um, and I've done shows early on about those CDC death figures. Excess death is real. So you can actually measure excess mortality in the US population. And it's been a bumper crop for deaths. The question then that I think some people will say is, well, how much of that is deaths of despair and stuff, substance abuse, which has been skyrocketing, overdose deaths, which have been skyrocketing due to the pandemic response versus how much of that is actually dying of COVID, how much of that is dying with COVID? Now, I think it, there's no one size answer for this. I think in young people, we've overestimated the number of people who've gotten sick and hospitalized from COVID. And a lot of them, it seems... And some one data point, it was like 40% of people were I admitted with something else and just happened to test positive. So they, they had with COVID instead of of COVID. And so then it makes you question some of the numbers. But listen, we're not an order of magnitude off. Let's say it's 510,000 deaths, or let's say it's 710,000 deaths. It's still a shit ton of dead people, right? People who've lost lives, lost loved ones, lost family members. You know, this is a real thing. So you take it seriously, but you also take the cost of managing that quite seriously. The pandemic response matters, you know, whether it's an effect on individual freedom, whether it's an effect on mental health, whether it's an effect on substance abuse, whether it's an effect on um, the economic wherewithal of an underclass in this United States that's already been screwed at every avenue. You know, this is a disease preferentially of the poor and of minorities because of our structure of wealth distribution in the country. And believe me, I'm no communist, right? I skew a little more libertarian, but this is appalling. This is creating more wealth disparity than anything. Like during the pandemic, you don't think like people like me that, that live off Zoom have done great and people who have to actually go to work or who can lose their job have done terribly and it's fallen back on the rent and the, oh, here's 1400 bucks from the government. That's not gonna do nothing. So 
the government should either shit or get off the pot, either give support them with proper wage relief or better yet, don't close the economy and pay people to stay home when they're sick and spin up N95 for frontline workers like line cooks and the like that are very high risk and send community workers into you know, areas of low socioeconomic status and minority populations that need more education from people that feel and look like them instead of you know, some dude going like, you need to do this. They're like, fuck off, you know? I don't know, I'm probably just crazy. Um, many people will now take the flu seriously. Thousands die of flu, nothing is said about flu. Flu numbers have gone down because of COVID rules, Chris Avidson. So, you know, influenza, we beat the drum every year to at least get a flu shot that's 40 to 60% eff efficacious and do what you can, wash hands, that kind of thing. I think people are more aware. I don't know that anything's gonna change. Hopefully it will. We're seeing RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, kind of booming in the South. In Australia too, I understand, it's really kind of blowing up because it's been suppressed probably by a combination of travel bans, school closures, physical distancing, masking, those kind of things with respiratory viruses like that. Probably it does have some effect. And now as things open up, you're gonna see those roar back. RSV kills a lot of kids every year, right? But we're all crapping our pants because of COVID, because of all the uncertainty with COVID. Well, this is a bat coronavirus that we've never seen. And what's MISC in kids? And what about long COVID and all that? So humans don't deal with uncertainty well. We deal with old school dangers that are much more dangerous, like driving a car or you know, smoking a cigarette or whatever it is. We deal with that like it's nothing. It's the new unknown that freaks people out, uh, creates a moral panic. Um, oh, thank you, uh, Abton. That's nice of you to say. Uh, yeah, so y Yes Please says, I would really hate to live in Australia right now. Well, let's ask some Australians what they think because our cultural bias can be different than their cultural bias. And within a population, there's different feelings about how the responses have been, right? As I talked to a lot of Canadians who are pissed at the Canadian response. And then I talked to some that are like, oh, this is great, you know? And a lot of it's political. Um, US shouldn't have fully opened before a certain vax rate. That's what we're doing here in Canada. Still not, oh good, this is perfect. Still not back to normal, watching the shit show in the US and UK before doing anything crazy. Sapphire Thompson. So, I, but here's a question. Every, every second you don't, return the economy to some degree of, of functionality and return the societal fabric to some degree of functionality, you run a risk. So if you wait for, and we did wait for certain vaccine percentages, I think before um, CDC said, hey, take off the masks, right? And California said, hey, go back to open. Um, I think that's been done. There are degrees of that and it comes at a cost. So. For example, schools, I'm very worried about what's gonna happen in the fall when Delta tears through um, unvaccinated populations like, I don't know, kids, most of whom will do just fine, but they're gonna quarantine for seven days. They're gonna probably, schools are gonna freak out, teachers are gonna freak out. And even though they're vaccinated and they're wearing masks, the teachers, right? They're gonna want the kids to wear masks. It's gonna be a whole show. 
And once again, the kids are gonna suffer because they're not gonna get, you know, my concern is they're not gonna get good in-person education unless we really make it a priority. Now we're a year and a half into this thing. It's like, it's time. Thanks for the 10 bucks, Stevie Flex. I love that little emoji you got going there. Thing is dope. Um, Lynn Burbank, my Australian friends are not happy. Neither are mine, right? But that doesn't mean we know all Australians, but still. Judy Varley, how sick would a person that had both Moderna shots get with Delta variant? So the data seems to say not that sick. Mild illness and or asymptomatic and or nothing. Some people will break through and get sick and die. And it's often older people. Like I said, 75% of them seem to be older above 65. So those are the people that I think we should, you ought to target. It's targeted focused protection, like the controversial Jay Bhattacharya has said on my show. Um, yeah, Ma Maria, the LA County indoor mask mandate. I think that's, I mean, how about you really focus on getting communities vaccinated? I'm sure they tried, but they can't do it. So they're like, well, fine, we're gonna just recommend everybody wear masks again. That's, I, I don't, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Mm -mm, don't like it. Lynn Burbank, CDC said no masks for fully vaccinated kids. My son is fully vaccinated and had long haul COVID. Um, yeah, CDC says that, but what's California's policy gonna be? So just, I can only speak to California right now. Kids gotta wear masks when school starts. Vinay Prasad and I did a show about this. Where's the data on that? Aren't we supposed to be following the science? Where's the science on that? Have we even studied whether masks could hurt kids in terms of language development, that those sort of skills? Um, and could it be harmful to have a mask on a kid that's covered in snot by the end of the day and boogers and chum? Probably not, but should we be asking that question before we blanket recommend that you swaddle a kid's face with a diaper just based on precaution? I mean, we haven't, we had a whole pandemic to study it and we haven't done it. We've just done mechanistic studies, which if you relied on mechanistic studies for drugs, we'd have a ton of drugs that don't work because they work in mechanistic studies and they don't work in the body. Just like mechanistic study on a dummy looking at masks. Oh, look at the aerosol coming out of it. Oh, look at this, the surgical mask doesn't do anything. Yeah, and then what about in real life when people put the thing on and they're fucking with it and kids are sneezing into it? Come on, man. We could have done this study. Teaching a class full of masks while wearing a mask is asinine. Surfer, surfing Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it's good, but that's just my humble opinion as somebody who follows the science. Follows science, actually, not the science, because that's dogma. Um, Scooby-Doo. I love it, Scooby-Doo. Welcome. The only people I want to tease for not getting a vaccine are the ones who won't because they're scared of needles. Yeah, you sissies. It's a tiny little pinch. Ah, let's talk about that. Actually, so Scooby-Doo, I'm gonna disagree with you. I actually think that needle fear is a, uh, uh, and I don't, I don't suffer from this, but I, we've had done shows on this. Needle fear can be incapacitating. And the reason is that it's often unconscious conditioning that happened when we were young. So some, somebody held us down and we got four shots at once and we were scarred because we were still in that concrete operational phase of development where we didn't, couldn't abstract. We don't know why they're stabbing us. It hurts like hell. Afterwards, we're sore, crying and screaming and all that. Traumatizing amounts of epinephrine and 
panic hormones going, sear it into our unconscious elephant's memory. And remember, the elephant is that unconscious part of our brain that has our you know biases and politics and belief and all that, unconscious memories. And then this little writer who's our conscious mind then just goes, ooh, yeah, needles? Well, you know, I read somewhere online that vaccine, the vaccine doesn't even work. Or it spins a million different confirmation bias reasons to cherry pick bogus data online to say, oh, this vaccine's a bad idea. But ultimately, this person is deeply traumatized by needle fear. So if you call him a sissy, which, hey, it's tempting, I know, I know, I know, feels good, right? Not gonna help, gonna make it worse. They're gonna get real triggered and they're gonna realize you don't understand them at all and you're gonna lose any chance to, to convince them or at least work on a way to deal with their needle fear. And there are devices like Buzzy that can help with pain. There's distraction. There's lots of ways to deal with it. But, but, but I think one good way is to acknowledge it, to actually witness another's suffering or fear of suffering and say, hey, I feel you. Let's figure out what we can do about this because I think it's so important that you get this vaccine. Like if you think this needle is a problem, a bunch of needles in the ICU is much worse. You know, so let's figure out a way that we can get you through this fear by addressing this or that. And and so that's what I think about needle fear. And I think it is a big deal, actually, you're right. June Black, thanks for the support. Um, Roxandra says, I would love seeing the lips of uh, people speaking if I was a student. Yeah, me too. And expressions, they're lost with masks. And again, I think, you know, hey, if masks lower inoculum, they were great early on. I don't know that they're great if you're vaccinated. Now, kids can't get vaccinated, the youngest ones, and I don't think we should mandate it for the oldest ones under EUA, especially with the risk of myocarditis being small but not zero. So, but again, we don't mandate masks for flu and RSV combined, probably gonna kill more kids than coronavirus. Um, people will say, well, masks are a small cost thing, they don't hurt people. We don't know that. Um, that's the argument, right? Um, my oldest son says Lynn Burbank, 24, also had uh, COVID and got one dose of Pfizer. He won't get the second dose because he's afraid of myocarditis. You know, I, he's 24, doesn't have, if he doesn't have other risk factors, why aren't we talking about single dose for people who are young and otherwise healthy and who's, you know, where the calculus of risk of myocarditis actually, and I'm gonna have Paul Offit on on Tuesday. We're gonna do a live show around 1 p.m. Pacific, Dr. Paul Offit vaccine guru. I'm gonna ask him all these questions, right? We'll go hard on it. Um, it's all political, says Coffee Lover. I'm not disagreeing with that. It really is. Um, what's the basis for having high-risk people uh, that are fully vaccinated get a third dose? No me, Jay. So the basis on that, and this is interesting, I'm not a big fan of this booster idea because I think Pfizer's just trying to make money, honestly. Um, but there are certain patient groups, post-transplant, very high risk, immunocompromised, where a third dose, even of the same vaccine formulation, might make some sense for immune um, boost, but they have to look at carefully at the data to decide if that makes sense, right? So that, that's not an unreasonable thing in that population. Not for everyone though, unless you show me good evidence that that's gonna help prevent severe disease and death, which is all I care about. I don't care about getting a cough and a cold. And I, you know, long COVID, uh, I just wish we knew more about it, honestly, but uncertainty itself is not a reason to behave like lunatics. Um, 
Taurus Ladonio, uh, thanks for the support. Is there any example in history of a respiratory virus where immunity led to vaccine-resistant super virus? As far as I know, no. CH1N1. Yeah, there isn't that I know of. So, you know, let's stop talking about the vaccines, you know, breeding super mutants. They're not going to do it any more than natural immunity would, really. Um, and again, even then, the virus has only so much spike protein to change before it actually hurts itself and its ability to replicate. We think it can just infinitely mutate. It cannot. So that's encouraging, actually, right? You can get more contagious mutants and that kind of thing, but it always comes at some, often comes with some downside for the virus. Otherwise, it would have been selected for much earlier, you know? Um, these are good, actually really good comments, you guys. I'm impressed with YouTube. Thank you. Thank you for being awesome. It's probably because I've limited it to subscribers, honestly. Um, and I'm not creating an echo chamber. I mean, there's 350,000 subscribers and a lot of them disagree with me, so I don't think it's an echo chamber. Um, Angela S. says, could you cover examples, research of those contracting the virus post-vaccine? Well, I think it's probably worth doing a show on, but the truth is it's just, it's the luck of the draw a little bit, but amplified by your risk factors. So again, if you're over 65, that's the biggest risk. And how you get infected probably matters. So there was a case, some cases in um, Texas, a couple had come back from India, they'd been vaccinated with like AstraZeneca, which isn't all, you know, with, with Delta, it's a little less, but still good for severe disease. Um, ended up having Delta, one of them died, um, ended up infecting a few people at this wedding, I think six odd people, they were all vaccinated, Moderna, Pfizer, those kind of things. And um, I think one got hospitalized, but got better. The others didn't have any problems. Um, so that's anecdote, but you can see kind of how it can happen. And especially if you're testing and you will have symptoms and some people will get sick if they're at high risk um, and have comorbidities. And some people just have bad luck. Jamie Vance, hey, sorry for the Instagram thing. Thanks for the message. I misread that entirely. I ranted and raved at a comment of yours, but that was your intent was different. Where are these erroneous statistics coming from in this thread? I haven't seen them, so I'm gonna ignore it because that, but, put my head in the sand on erroneous statistics. Tom Reach, ER doctor in Tennessee. Hey, thanks for your service. COVID is here to stay. Expect yearly vaccination combined with flu. Stop the mask madness. Dude, Tom. COVID is here to stay. We're not getting to COVID zero. It's just not happening. There, I said it. So that means learn to live with the virus, which means we don't wear masks all the time. That's not living with a virus. Yeah, maybe yearly yearly new formulation of vaccine that's combined, like what Moderna is doing, combining it with influenza. Ooh, how cool is that? Throw a little HIV vaccine there if they can get that to work. Then you got a thing, right? Just update the mRNA code each cycle. Not a big deal. Don't have to get it, right? There you go. Dr. Kelly Ray Brown says, it's truly unfortunate uh, that as the pandemic was coming on board, the political division in the US negatively impacted the culture with heightened fear and mistrust resulting in chaos. That's it, nailed it. Yeah, we're just not in a good position to, to weather this because we're so divided. All right, so let's let's wrap it up on um, um, that kind of note because I, I gotta run back to my family. They're waiting for me to have lunch. 
Um, part of the thing I really want to try to model, and I'm not great at it. <laughs> like this morning I did an Instagram rant that was just off the rails. Uh, but that's kind of like, it's authentically me sometimes. That's just how I feel and I'll just spout it. And for some reason, Instagram, Instagram live just unleashes the Kraken for me. I'm, I'm trying to model less judgmental, less shamey, more alt-middle conversation that's authentic about these things where we do disagree from time to time in a respectful and constructive way. Could we do that? Like, and we're all different politics, right? When I when a bias thing for me comes up, I'll just say, oh, that's my libertarian bias, or that's my the part of me that's quite liberal about that. Or, you know, that's the part of me that's actually rather conservative. Like, I really don't like that because it offends this part of me. So I'll put that out there. So, but knowing that, this is what I think. Kind of nice to try to introspect on our own biases and see our minds for what they are. The scariest people, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, I'm saying scary meaning they hurt themselves, they hurt others, or they get things so wrong that it's damaging, Have aren't able to do that. They aren't able to recognize their own blind spots and biases and see when they're happening and actually take a space and become response able, as others have said, the space to see what's happening and go, oh, I'm not just gonna knee jerk do that because that's clearly, I'm clearly a little biased. Often for me, when I'm doing a show like this live, I'll say something, well, take the mask off. And then I'll and then I'll recognize it in real time and be like, you know, that's my bias about liberty versus oppression. Like, I really don't like that. So I'm gonna say that there's probably good arguments for keeping the mask, but I'm not feeling them and that's why. And so that's my bias, right? To put it out there. Otherwise, I don't know that we can advance the dialogue and we have to recognize, right? That's why, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I'm having, you know, I'm just really trying to delete comments, which I don't normally do, but I delete comments that are just straight bad examples of that, like not doing that, attacking person's character, um, ad hominem attacks, just straight copy pasting misinformation, like, but why? Are you grandstanding? Is your comment to try to advance the discourse or to show people your tribal identity or some badge of like social points that you're trying to score? Doesn't have a place. It doesn't happen on Locals, our other platform where we have a subscriber base because people there pick up cues from the creator and are the type that would self-select to be part of that tribe where we don't do that. And it's lovely so awesome. I never worry what someone's going to post there because people who are subscribed there can actually post themselves on the on the forum and I see it and it's a big discussion. And on Facebook I have to like moderate because people are going to get butt hurt. Here it's like, "Oh man, listen, I know this is my bias. This is what they'll say. I know I'm biased against but this is how I feel about this. Here's an article like what do you guys think?" And then there's constructive dialogue. What the heck? Why can't we do that? And that'd be lovely. Be super lovely. Plus, we talk about like, you know, waking up slash enlightenment. That's a loaded word. It's really waking up, meditation, mindfulness, being in the present moment, those kind of things. That that's really all. That's really all that matters. The rest of this stuff is bullshit. It's all a story. It's all a collective story we tell ourselves. But really, what are we? Look at look for that. 
we'll do more on that. All right, I gotta go. Um, this is a joy. I love you guys so much. I really do. I really do. I feel deeply connected to you guys, even when you hate me. I do. Um, let's stay in touch. You have no choice if you subscribe. You'll get notifications, especially if you click the bell. Do you see how I did that segue? I wasn't even planning to. And then I became one of those like ding dong game, you know, gamer YouTubers. Smash that subscribe button until it turns gray and hit the notification bell or you'll miss all our great content. Do it or don't, man. You don't even have free will. That's another talk. All right, I love you. Until next time, let me figure out how to stop this. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.